How's it going, everybody? Adrian here for TGO Radio. It is November the 21st. That's a Saturday. And as always, I'm joined by my esteemed co-host, Kato Sepp. Hello, Kato. Hey, I've missed this. Yes, it has been uh, it has been a wild month for me. I've been working on a on a crazy essay. This this single essay for this one elective took all of my time. It took more time than any of my other classes combined, and it meant that we did one show over the past month. And uh, I'm sorry about that, but I'm I'm thankful to be done the essay, and and here we are. Now uh, you know when you told me each time like I, I'm not going to be able to do the show this week. I, my weeks actually or my month's been crazy too. So. It's it's good. It's fine. But we're back. We and are that's back. Important. And uh, we're under a new name as well. So we, just to just to clear up some confusion <laughs> on terms of what's going on with the naming scheme, uh, we're going to be calling this now TGO Radio or the Gaming Observer Radio instead of uh, the TGO Podcast, simply because the daily updates that I produce every day with the news and everything, I also refer to that as a podcast, even though it's only you know, five to 10 minutes, depending on how much of it you listen to. And so, you know, this 60 minute show is just going to have a more distinct name that we can refer it to. It should just be our thing where we change the name literally every single week to something <laughs> else. And we just announce it, never refer to it as anything, you know. Yeah, it's fine. It's, it's just a weekly show with with the two of us. And, and the name is uh, is uh, fluid. Yeah, whatever we come up with in the moment, it'll be great. This was probably a, a really bad month to actually have to go away because a whole lot has happened in the last couple of weeks. You might have noticed that we've had uh, some new consoles launch, a whole bunch of video games come out, and uh, obviously us being able to talk about that would have been nice. But nonetheless, this is our opportunity to finally catch up on all of that because we didn't talk about it here on the show, but we also haven't really talked about it with each other. So this is a great opportunity to catch up on all of that. Um, the, the, the new consoles are out. The Xbox Series X and S are out. The PlayStation 5 is out. A lot of people talking about it. A lot of people sharing their tracking of these devices because they're just so <laughs> extraordinarily hard to get a to get a handle on but um as you've been you know i know you didn't plan on buying a console but as you've been watching people talking about it on social media as more information has come out about them has anything changed your mind on that front do you have any plans of trying to get one soon or no i i don't think so um <clears throat> and i think that's something i've i've kind of been uh kind of measuring you know uh, as i've been hearing people's reactions like is it necessary to get something right now is it necessary to get a ps5 right now or a series x or s or whatever and uh, everything i can tell it's it's really cool and the people who really wanted it and you know fought in line for it um are enjoying it but there's not really anything that makes it a, a kind of must buy at the moment um, so I, I'm pretty comfortable not having one at the moment, but I do want a PS5 in the future. So Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I think I, it's a similar boat for me. Like, I wasn't planning on buying one, and I think even if it, I think that mo- has more to do with my life situation than the games themselves. Like, if uh, even if it was, like, a really strong lineup on all sides, then I probably still wouldn't be getting one. But uh, I will say the, the size of the Xbox Series S basically just being a book is, like, really attractive to me because that's something you could take traveling with you, and, you know, that's a possibility of my future. So uh, if my Xbox One, which is kind of up against the wall right now in terms of how, how much longer it's going to stay alive, I think, um, <laughs> if uh, if that ends up conking out, then that's probably where I'll go. But, yeah, I mean, it's just a, it's exciting to see everybody talking about it, right? Everybody's so happy. Yeah. Yeah, well, in the Series S has been kind of the surprise, uh, you know, surprise runner up for me that I, I've noticed is um, a lot of people are really loving the Series S, especially, well, primarily with Game Pass. 
uh, because of the way it's playing games, making them look a lot better. It's relatively cheap. And like you said, it's really portable. Um, I think that's great. It seems to be getting a lot of great attention. I'll be really curious to know how that translates into sales. Um, and it's not something for me cause I don't have a, I don't have the game pass, but like, yeah, if you're going to be traveling and you know, you, you love the game pass, uh, I don't know. It seems like a no brainer. It makes it look gorgeous. And the hardware is intense. The specs are really impressive. Yeah. The game, the game pass really has been the, the thing for them, right? Like I, I forget the exact yeah. statistic, but in terms of the amount of people who got this, the, the series S or, or I forget, I forget the statistic, but anyway, the, the attach rate between the game pass and the consoles themselves are actually really good. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really cool that they have that kind of to leverage where, you know, the PlayStation five, like obviously they have a lot of brand recognition that a lot of people fall back on. People want the PS five just because they've had every other PlayStation and the, the PlayStation exclusives are the place to be and demon souls, right? Like demon souls alone for a lot of people or the upgraded version of miles, miles Morales for a lot of people is a reason to buy a console. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's nice at least that they do have the game pass cause they don't have halo infinite. Yeah, that's true. I, I mean, the Series S in particular, I don't even think there's a point in buying it if you don't have a Game Pass or don't have any intention of getting Game Pass. Um, they're just it doesn't seem worth it. And the price drop isn't worth it if you're not if you're going to be buying like, you know, games and and whatnot, physical games or digital. Well, you know what I mean? Retail games. Yeah. <laughs> Talking is hard. <laughs> um yeah, uh, so so that makes sense. I believe that that attach rate is really high, especially with the Series S. Um, but but even with the Series X, I think the Game Pass makes that worth it, um, just because of the increased hardware. Being able to play your your 360 and Xbox One games on the new hardware, uh, which I've heard makes quite a bit of visual difference. Uh, I haven't been able to see much myself as far as comparisons, but. Uh, I've heard it makes a pretty big difference and especially load times with some of the original Xbox games are like non-existent. Um, yeah. And then PS five seems to be if, if you want the exclusives that we all know are going to come out. So, yeah, that's a, I I've actually been seeing that firsthand because uh, you know, my, my friends from middle school, high school, um, I, I stay in touch with them and like, there's my best friend. And then we have like a, another friend who's always, you know, kind of hanging out with us. And, um, he, it's been an interesting thing where, uh, my best friend wants to get the PlayStation five simply for Spider-Man, right? Like that's his thing or any other of those games, but convincing them to actually go and get a new console or to invest in the gaming ecosystem. They're, they're gamers, but they're not like us, right? Like they're not plugged in. They don't know what Hades is, right? Like they're not plugged into the the, the gaming world. And so sure. for them to actually go, okay, now it's time for me to invest in, you know, this entertainment medium, simply me going to them and saying, Hey, 300 bucks for the console. And then, uh, an extra 15 bucks a month. And you're going to have all the games that you ever, you're ever going to want. Um, it's a, it's a great deal for them. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, I just really wanted to pick up an NVIDIA 3070 and had no luck with that. So my new computer is not coming anytime soon. <laughs> So, yes yes sad face uh we were both my wife and i were sitting on best buy's website on the the morning of morning of launch and uh trying to get it and that site was just having none of it so yeah if anybody wants to uh sell me a 3070 at street price that would be great (laughs) 
Um, also, it looks like your your prediction in terms of them not having enough stock for Christmas also came uh, a little true, uh, as more and more people are getting the notice that, hey, uh, your, your shipment is going to be coming a little late, or hey, we ran out of stock, or hey, et cetera, et cetera. Um, a lot of people might not be getting this in time for Christmas. Yeah, I'm guessing most. It's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough to get it before Christmas if you don't already have it ordered or, or something. It's... It's going to be rough. Uh, so there you go. There's the there's the new consoles. Anything else you want to say about that? No, I mean, we haven't gotten to try them ourselves. But uh, yeah, I mean, it sounds like everyone's having a great time. So if you got one, you know, awesome. Let us know. I really want to play Miles Morales and I haven't gotten it for PS4 yet. So. So there you have it. Uh, the next thing that we want to talk about here is this major leak, I guess. Or is that what you would call it? A leak or a hack? <clears throat> well, it was a hack. Yeah. So. Capcom, if you've kind of noticed, some of the media has actually been kind of quiet about it, and I'm wondering how much of that is trying to not make copycats. Um, I, I don't really know. That's that's my conspiracy theory. Um, but yes, Capcom did receive a, or they did get hacked, and apparently a group tried to blackmail them for for money. And uh, presumably, I mean, we don't know for sure all the details, but I mean, it sounds like Capcom didn't pay, which good for them. Um, but it means that these this group released a whole bunch of Capcom's information, uh, kind of like the Sony movie hacks quite a while ago. So, <clears throat> I mean, it's terrible. And I think we are both in agreement that hacking is bad and this is not a good way to reveal games. But yeah. we did get uh, several game reveals, at least rumored. And I do think it's worth being aware of that. Uh, these are like internal plans based on various documents. These are in no way official confirmations yeah. of these games. Um, you know, somebody could have had it written on their calendar because they really wanted to pitch this game. And, you know, that's that doesn't mean that it's actually being made. Yeah, my, um, my understanding is that, like, they got their hands on, like, the budgeting plans of these games. So they were budgeting for this game that might be coming out in four years. Uh, and they, I think there were numbers for both amount of money put into it up to this point and then the amount of money they intend on spending on it. Uh, and then anticipated revenue of the game after it comes out. So th these are games that, if the leaks are true, uh, that mm -hmm. Capcom has put a lot of thought into. Um, however, it's also like every studio puts a lot of thought into a lot of things and there's so many projects that we never hear about. So to have these internal ideas of what the games are, the release schedule over the course of multiple, multiple years, um, yeah. this is by no means a promise or a, or a concrete, uh, lineup. Right. And I mean, you know, several of these games could be canceled. Uh, yeah. there are some in their schedule that are four years out, so it's not, it wouldn't be unreasonable at all for these to be canceled. Uh, during development or delayed or or anything but yeah we did find some of their their plans um so i was gonna say uh it looks like capcom is planning well more resident evil <laughs> surprise surprise um but they've actually had they have several resident evil uh titles in the works it sounds like there's a multiplayer battle royale resident evil game that they've been talking about which uh, hopefully, if we're you know if we're getting games canceled, I hope that's one of them. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm sorry. I don't know why Capcom <laughs> yeah. still thinks multiplayer Resident Evil is a good idea when it has failed so many times. But they just keep trying over and over and over again. 
anyway, I guess if you're really wanting a battle royale themed around Resident Evil, um, listen, I'm not like gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm. I don't have the history with Resident Evil, so I'm not <laughs> gonna pretend to you know understand that. But I, as far as I'm concerned, if they get the right team in there, that's a that's such a strong IP for them right now. And if they can make it work, yeah. I I would love to see it. It is, but you have told the story before about how uh, you played Resident Evil once a long time ago with your dad. <laughs> you went and got a Resident Evil game. That is that true. That was Resident Evil Five. That was the one <laughs> multiplayer Resident Evil game that you guys picked up and immediately dropped it. I do not think that's a coincidence. <laughs> but you know that I think that has less to do with the the brand and more to do with the specific gameplay loop of that game, which was very much yeah. designed for one person instead of two. So you know, if okay. they come in with a new concept and they say, you know, let's do this properly as a battle royale first with the brand attached onto it then maybe it could work but yes i i also understand what you're that's, saying that's very optimistic of you <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i'm i'm pretty sure i don't have the names attached to uh the the synopses but i believe that this is resident evil outrage uh is this this battle royale one um more interestingly with resident evil i think uh they are planning a resident evil 4 remake and it sounds like this may include VR support, ah. which would be interesting. Um, they did do Resident Evil 7 with VR support, so it wouldn't be completely unreasonable uh, to expect. And so that's pretty cool. Um, there is another Resident Evil here way far out in 2024 that they're calling Resident Evil Hank. And I'm not mm. not sure what that's about, but... Um, Maybe the... Yeah. Maybe there's a character in Village that we don't know about yet. It could be. And I there is a s kind of secret character in many Resident Evil games called Hunk that mm. shows up frequently. I don't know if maybe that's just a coincidence that the names are similar. Um, I don't know, but it's four okay. years out. So honestly, they may not even know yet. They may just have this name Resident Evil Hank. <laughs> uh, and, you know, it's very possible that that's a project name yeah. or, or something like that. <clears throat> Um, but that's that's what they've got for Resident Evil. Uh, they do have some other stuff here. Uh, allegedly, there is a Dragon's Dogma 2 uh, in the works for 2022, which would be pretty neat. You know, um, I've never I've never played Dragon's Dogma, but that's a game that has like been on the backlog for years and I just never started. And because all I ever see is people talking about how good the game is and how much they would love to have a sequel that's just a little bit tighter because uh, I know the game itself is, is a little uh, janky, but... Um, yeah, that's, uh, I, I think a lot of people will be excited for that. Yeah. I mean, Dragon's Dogma fans are, are fairly niche. There aren't a huge number of them, but the ones that are, are out there, yeah, are really passionate about that game. Um, and I've never, I've never played it. I believe it's like a souls like, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I, I, from what I understand, it is pretty difficult in that sense. And it, it ha kind of, it's reminiscent of that. And it's also like, uh, I'm trying to think of a comparable game that's kind of janky, uh, I don't know. I've seen some gameplay. It's not like the tightest experience. Sure. Maybe like Gothic or something or like like Elder Scrolls, I guess. For yeah. Those. No, I mean, I don't think it plays like Elder Scrolls. But, <laughs> yeah. But the jank, you yeah. know. Yeah. That's something people talk about all the time. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's good that it's getting a sequel because I don't believe those games ever sold that well. Uh, we did get a Netflix series not that long ago, an anime. Uh, I don't recall that doing super well but... i totally forgot about that but yeah you're right yeah yeah so they definitely haven't forgotten about it uh capcom has been has been pushing stuff out they did a uh kind of director's cut in dark arisen um 
with that game. So I don't know. I think they really wanted it to succeed, but I don't recall it ever actually doing that well. So it is, it's cool that they're at yeah. least talking about doing a second one. Um, and then we do have a uh, confirmation on street fighter six. Oh. Uh, so that's, uh, I shouldn't say confirmation, but I mean, <laughs> we all knew that street fighter six was going to come eventually. This is not news to anybody. Um, but they do have it down right now as Q3 of 2022. So, uh, sometime, closer to the end of the year of 2022, uh, which actually is further out than I expected. I was actually kind of expecting a Street Fighter 6 pretty soon because 5 has been not as successful as they'd hoped. Yeah, it's had a it's had a rocky road in, in terms of not yeah. just like in general, but also within the community itself. Yeah, um, so that's actually kind of surprising to me that it's that far out, but maybe they're really trying to work hard on it, make sure that it's tight and has the the kind of esports backing because i think five has picked up in the esports scene but you know not as much as they probably hoped um yeah some other things really quick uh new monster hunter uh there was some talk about monster hunter potentially or monster hunter stories 2 which is coming out on switch uh there's talk about that coming to pc okay uh, that's uh, i think right now it's only announced for switch but um, they're talking about bringing that to PC. Yeah, there was uh, a sorry. There was a, there was an interesting situation with those two the two games that they announced in Monster Hunter. They only announced them for the Switch, which made it indicate that it wasn't like they they really hyped these games up. But it, it's clearly not the next Monster Hunter World because or equivalent of it because they're just releasing it on the Switch. So if they are coming to other platforms, that that would probably make a lot of people happy. Right. Um, but they do have in this hack also uh, Monster Hunter 6. I'm mm. sure that's probably not what they're going with with the official title. Uh, they'll probably switch it to something like Monster Hunter World. But uh, yeah, right now it's in here as Monster Hunter 6. Uh, there is a new Onimusha game, which that should make some fans real excited. Tell me about that. I don't know. Onimusha is... Um, hmm. Think... Uh, Resident Evil meets Devil May Cry a little bit. You play as a samurai and fight against demons in like I think mostly in ancient Japan. Okay. But I think the later one might have come to the west or like cities or the future. I, I don't remember. Onimusha did some weird things, but it's um the original games were that kind of tank controls uh style of Resident Evil with fixed camera angles. Um, but it was about using swords and stuff on um, on demons. That's yeah. cool, yeah. It kind of looks like, uh, it reminds me of Ninja Gaiden. Yeah, I mean, not nearly as fluid controls, but sure. yes. <laughs> yes, in tone and like subject matter, yeah, similar. Um, and they did a remake of one not that long ago of Onimusha 1, and I don't think it did very well. Okay. Um, so I'm actually kind of surprised that they're making a new one, but that's apparently set for Q4 2022. And I don't know if this title is right or if this is a typo in the article, but it says Onimusha new work. Uh, maybe that's just, maybe they just mean like it's a new Onimusha, but <laughs> I misread it at first as Onimusha New York and was like, <laughs> oh man, New York Onimusha, cool. So I don't know. I think it's just saying new Onimusha. Um, there's a final fight remake which that sounds odd uh, i don't know if they're going to try and make that another brawler or what but that's 2024 okay so it's like four years out they're planning a a brawler remake i i don't know okay uh and then the last i think kind of really interesting one is uh apparently 
apparently for Q3 2024, they have a Power Stone remake, which I know a lot of fans of the Dreamcast originals have wanted for a very long time. Um, Again, tell I, me, you're going to have to tell me about that one. I don't know the history. Okay. Yeah, so Power Stone 1 and 2 were these uh, these games that came out on the Dreamcast. They're kind of a little bit, think, 3D Smash Bros. Um, the first one was more of a traditional fighter, but in a 3D arena. Uh, Power Stone 2 was very much like a Smash Bros. kind of thing in 3D. Um I've I've heard mixed opinions about whether or not these games hold up all that well today, but for uh, for the time they were fantastic. I played them myself uh, a lot. I played a lot of Power Stone One and Two, and other than a collection that came out for the PSP, they haven't done anything with the franchise since the Dreamcast. Uh, there haven't been any new games since Power Stone Two back in probably two thousand one, uh, maybe two thousand. Uh, and that's been sad because those games are fantastic. They're just wonky. They have cheesy like action characters uh, based on a whole bunch of weird stereotypes. It kind of feels like a like a weird Indiana Jones meets anime, maybe a little bit. Okay. Uh, I recommend looking it up. It's kind of hard to describe, um, but the fighting was always really tight. Uh, each character had special moves. Um, you, it's called Power Stone because you would go and collect. Uh, these power stones that would fall onto the map. Uh, and if you got three of them, you could transform into like a super mode. Um, it was cool. it was a lot of fun. It was a really good party game. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Well, that's, you know, there you go. If, uh, if any of those things piqued your interest, then, uh, you know, keep your ear out for them because, again, it sucks the situation that this has kind of come out because... Uh, a lot of people like to buy into the hype and the and the marketing and all that stuff and, and get excited for new games when they're coming out. And if you know about the fact that they're coming in, in advance, then maybe it ruins some of that surprise for you. But, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. And uh, certainly, it, it, I mean, you can get excited in a whole different way because maybe you weren't necessarily expecting them to have all of these games in the works. Um, you know, Capcom yeah. over the last couple of years has really been in this resurgence, right? Monster Hunter World and Resident Evil 7 and the remakes and all that stuff. Uh, they're doing much better now than they were a couple of years ago. So the fact that they're going to, uh, I mean, both culturally, like people are really happy with them, but also financially. Um, so, you know, hopefully this is going to continue to do well for them and, and people are going to be happy. Yeah, they have been seeing a resurgence. You're totally right. It's been it's been great because honestly, Capcom after the nes snes era were they were having some trouble they were struggling to get you know other than outside their major franchises like resident evil um they were having trouble and then even those have been dropping in recent years um so it would be great to see that come back um also i guess i did forget one thing um i saw in one article and i don't know if this is true or if this is um maybe uh just a wish list thing because i haven't seen it since uh, but apparently they are they have new Phoenix Wright games coming next year, which would make sense. It's been a long time and they have said that they've been working on Phoenix Wright games, uh, but we haven't heard anything. Um, but they did talk about Phoenix Wright 7 coming to Switch next year and then also a translated collection of the two spinoff games, uh, which I do not remember the Japanese titles off the top of my head, but they've apparently been translated as Great Ace Attorney which uh, if you've followed that franchise, these are like, um, I, I believe Phoenix Wright's ancestor, who was a lawyer in like the 1800s. That's awesome. Um, 
Yeah, and they've said the games have always been really good, but they've said it would be really hard to translate because of, um, you know, the localization and the culture. Uh, but allegedly, uh, they are coming out with a collection of both games next year. That's awesome. We'll see. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Ace Attorney also is, I feel like that's one of those games that it's like, if you do if you do Resident Evil well, it's going to sell well, right? Evidently. If you do Monster Hunter well, it's going to do well. And I think Ace Attorney is another one of those where there's just such a fan base for it where maybe it's not like super mainstream, but there's enough of a, of a niche with Ace Attorney that it's like, it's probably going to be worth the development cost as long as it's competent. Yeah, I love those games personally. I actually just played through all six of the main series uh, not that long ago, uh, maybe a year ago. And yeah, they, they are so good still to this day. So well, I'll be really excited if they come out with three more next year. I will be so excited. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Okay, well, there you go, folks. Uh, the next thing we want to talk about today is the Game Awards. So Game if you Awards. go over to thegameawards.com, you're going to see the nominees for all of this year's uh, awards at the Game Awards, really. Um, and again, if you if you don't know the game, I mean, I, I would be surprised if you don't, but the Game Awards is the annual Oscars for video games, essentially. It's the closest we have to a, a mainstream spectacle. Uh, so, you know, the, the show itself, which is happening on, I believe, December 10th, um, yep. The, you know, it's it's usually actually less of a focus on the awards and more on the game announcements that they like to make and the advertisements that they need in order to fund the show. Um, and, and the awards themselves typically uh, are, if not, you know, pushed a little bit to the side, then at least is not like the total focus of the show. But nonetheless, it is always fun to take a look at the nominees, see, uh, you know, what what's been nominated for what. And we thought we could do a, a little bit of a discussion here. Uh, I figure we may as well just start with the with the headliner, right? The Game of the Year Award. Uh, yeah. There's six nominees. So there's Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, which is the indie game that, you know, they have one slot for an indie game and Game of the Year every single year. This year it's Hades. Uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons and The Last of Us Part Two. Um, I've never thought about it like that. I really hope that's not a real thing. I hope they're not like, <laughs> this is the one indie nominee. That would be... Oh... <laughs> oh, I cringe. <laughs> yeah, but you're but right. They have, <laughs> it, and it's pretty clear. Like at least, I mean, and maybe this year it would have been a little bit harder. But I think usually you find that the there is just one indie game in in that lineup, and uh, I would imagine oh, yeah. that's usually them tipping the hat, right? Um, but nonetheless, uh, the I, I I don't know. What do you think? Like this lineup, I think is really strong for for the, especially the number of games that came out this year. Um, I, the yeah. only suggestion that I've seen is that instead of Doom Eternal, it should be Half Life Alex. Uh, which is currently in the in the VR slot. That's like the when I look on, you know, what people are talking about on social media and stuff. They're saying, "Oh, Alex should have had that slot." But um, otherwise, I mean, this is this is the all star lineup of this year, I think. Yeah, I I agree with the Half Life Alex, but I would actually rep replace Ghost of Tsushima personally with, uh, with Half Life Alex. Oh, okay, um, yeah, yeah. I do think Half Life Alex got real snubbed, um, and I, you know, part of me is wondering too how much it would matter to nominate Half-Life Alex just because, um, you know, it's all, it's mostly based around voting from the public and VR for as rabid as those fans are of VR, it is still a very niche product. Most people have still not played Half-Life yeah. Alex. Um, so I do kind of wonder if maybe they thought there's really no point in nominating it because it's not going to get the votes that it needs. 
um whether or not that's true whether or not that's right i don't know but well, I, I should clarify so the the winners of these awards are actually 90 percent of a voting jury and then 10 percent is public oh, is fan it, voting is it really that much okay yeah. i knew there was a, a jury also but i didn't realize it was that much of a split oh well, everybody vote so you can all be ignored. <laughs> <laughs> Even then, though, like the I'm sure the voting jury don't all have VR headsets, right? Like that's it's still at that level where it's not like everybody in the in the industry just has a VR headset. It's uh, it's it's still a niche of its own. Yeah, I do think they're more likely to have played it uh, or at the very least are able to go out of their way to to get access to a VR headset to play it. Uh, you know, if they're going to be voting on it. Um, I don't know when you're on a jury like that, if you have six games to play, I feel like that shouldn't be all that hard, but <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. What do, what do you think here is like, okay, like, okay. So let me tell you. So my perception of, cause they never really give definitions for these awards, right? They have the headline mm -hmm. and then they just, here's the winner. And you know, any, any kind of criteria that went into determining what the winner is, we're never really privy to that. Um, mm -hmm. My interpretation of the game of the year, even if it's not always reflected in the winner, uh, for me personally, it, it always means uh, both quality of game, but also cultural impact. Um, you could have a really, really great game, but if it's not going to make some sort of impact uh, culturally, financially, any kind of these things, then to me, that's not a game of the year unless it's the most impactful. Um, mm -hmm. So for when I look at this list, I'm like, okay, you know, I'm sure a lot of people loved Final Fantasy pardon me, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Hades is my personal game of the year in terms of, you know, how much I love it. But I think Animal Crossing needs to win game of the year, at least in my opinion, simply because of the timing that it came out, how many people bought Switches because of that stupid game. I'm, I think this game alone probably sold millions of Switches. Um, and just like, did, you know, yeah. it, it had an extreme cultural impact in terms of, you know, compare at least compared to the rest of these. It hit the mainstream. Um, so I don't know. That's That's my personal choice for what should win this. Yeah, it's kind of that that question that the Oscars goes through, right, of how much popularity plays into something. Um, because I agree, if we're going based off of popularity, then Animal Crossing should 100% win. As far as best game of the year, um, just as somebody who spent lots and lots of time with Animal Crossing, and I would put it as one of my, you know, maybe uh, top three in, this, in these six games, I would not pick it over uh hades or probably from what i've heard anyway probably final fantasy 7 um so yeah i don't know i don't know how much that's going to play into their decision making it's i mm. yeah it's a very subjective thing right like I, I think if the gaming observer ever has like a formal okay we have an, a, a nomination process and we're going to announce winners and you know all the news outlets usually have stuff like that so i would love yeah. if tgo has something like that one day if we're able to play all these games in a year but um, uh, I, I think definitely once we create those awards, there's going to be game of the year, which does include popularity. And then there's going to be like most outstanding game of, or, you know, some other tag on there, which is like, just from a gameplay perspective, how fun is this game? You know, then, you know, I think yeah. that delineation is kind of important. Um, but yeah, anyway, I, there you go. There's, that's the, uh, that's, that's what we've got. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, these are all very good games from everything I've heard. I have not actually, unfortunately, gotten to play several of them, but um, but like I've heard good things about Ghost of Tsushima, even though the reviews have been relatively low compared to the rest. Um, it's one of those those fascinating games where I've heard critics love it more over time. 
Like, I, I remember when it came out, it got a lot of, like, sevens and eights. And those same critics who gave it those, you know, sevens have been talking about it for months right. and like saying how it's it's how fantastic it is. Uh, I've heard several of the uh, updates and DLC packs or whatever. I'm not sure if they're paid DLC or not have been really impressive. Um, yeah. And then Last of Us Part Two is a fascinating choice just because it's been so divisive. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of the... The Last of Us Part Two. You know, this is actually kind of the inverse of Ghost of Tsushima that you were just talking about, where Ghost of Tsushima went, okay, it's it's okay, or it's, it's good to great. Whereas Last of Us was a game that everybody went into it thinking The Last of Us Part One was the maybe one of the best games I've ever played. They're going to knock it out of the part with, park with Part Two because there's going to be an insane budget and everything like this. And then it kind it ended up being being like a red 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 dead redemption 2 where it's a very divisive like they took a new approach to it and it uh it was either something people really loved or something people really didn't like um and had that very yeah. big budget feel right and so i think there were a lot uh, of opinions <laughs> yeah there were for sure and and so i mean i think it makes sense to put it in game of the year simply because of the the budget that went into it and the, and the quality that that can you know be be deemed from it but um yeah, I don't know. That's it's it's, it's certainly uh, an interesting lineup. I'm really happy to see Hades. I think I think get, it getting what it deserves because that's another game, kind of like Animal Crossing. It, it obviously didn't hit the super mainstream, but there were people in my social circles who were kind of aware of Hades just from the you know the the viral videos of streamers reacting to the to the horniness of the characters and stuff. You know, like there <laughs> there were certain things that uh, that ended up leaking into the main public. But uh, yeah, yeah, well there you go. Well, I just, uh, there was an article from, gosh, I'm going to screw up who, who posted it. It was some mainstream outlet. It was like Time or someone. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't remember who. Uh, but a mainstream news outlet that actually posted an article a couple days ago about uh, top 10 games to, like, top 10 escapism games or something to escape 2020. Um, and they listed Hades as their, as their best game. Um, and that was... I mean, that's a big deal. That's a really big deal. <laughs> they listed this uh, uh, this game, and they did put uh, put it over Animal Crossing New Horizons as like a top escapism game. Yeah, it's uh, for sure. It's been really cool to to see that. I saw that as well, and I was just now trying to find it, and now I can't. But anyway, yeah, for <laughs> yeah. sure, you're you're totally right. Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, but I do love how it's the one indie game, and they do actually have a category in the Game Awards for like best indie game. Yeah, so let's look at that um, one. Yeah, uh, I wonder so, who's going to win. <laughs> <laughs> so in the lineup, we've got Hades, Spelunky 2, Spiritfarer, Carrion, and Fall Guys. Um, I honestly think, like, I do think, again, if it's not going to win Game of the Year, I think Hades probably should win Indie Game of the Year. But also, Fall Guys has taken the world by storm. And Spelunky 2, at least in terms of, like, the hardcore indie gamers, I mean, Spelunky 2 is the, it's it's the roguelike, you know? It's, it's yeah. the first Spelunky. Some people consider it the best game ever made. Like, it, that's, like, a, a, a frequently repeated mantra of, of Spelunky, you know? So, yeah. I mean, I don't think I don't think Spelunky 2 has made the same splash that something like Hades and Fall Guys have. But um, certainly, I think uh, it's, it's, it's nice to see them there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and Spiritfarer is very, very good. Is like, it? Have you played it? I, I'm glad. Yes, I played it a little bit. Not as much as I'd like to. But um, yeah, it's it's a beautiful game. Like, that's really the only way to describe it, is it's a beautiful game. 
So I'm excited. It does kind of irritate me on some level that Fall Guys and Carrion were nominated in Best Indie Game because they are objectively not independent. They are both published by Devolver. So uh, on some level, I'm kind of irritated that they were included in that. And I'm okay. wondering why they were considered indie. But, you know, I, mean, I guess I, yeah, guess, I guess you're right in terms of publisher. Indie. Yeah, I, I the, yeah, they, they do have a publisher. <laughs> and, and there's certainly like indie as a term has kind of, you know, it started simply as if you don't have a publisher and you're doing it yourself or whatever that, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, that was a very clear line in the sand, right? It was hard to make a video game if you didn't have a publisher and therefore you were an indie. Um, but now we're at this point where Fall Guys is a really small team. You know, and if is that enough to say that they're an indie or is the budget enough to say that they're an indie? like, where's the delineation yeah. there? Right. Um, and, and certainly I, I think for the game awards, I think these make more sense if it was if it was more of like a like what we do or if, it, uh, you know, a much more niche outlet that is looking at, <laughs> you know, all of the games that have come out in 2020. Uh, maybe these belong in a, in a separate category where, you know, a, a, a one person game that is on a budget of a few thousand dollars might have extraordinary gameplay that deserves to be on here or whatever it is. Right. Um, but at least in terms of the spectacle and, and seeing games that you want to see, I think this makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. And you're right. Indie has like no meaning anymore. I still stand by indie means independent of publisher, but um, yeah, like they define it as made outside the traditional publisher system. There you which go. I, I'm not sure why Devolver is considered outside the traditional right. publisher system, but I guess they are. Um, and most people would look at Carrion and say indie game, but I think that's mainly because it's just not a AAA game. Right. Um, anyway, okay. sorry, that's my own little like, like. Uh, no, it's it's totally thing. fine. Uh, let's look at another one here that I want to talk about. Best mobile game. Okay, so they oh, have boy. they have uh, Legends of Runeterra and Pokemon Cafe Mix, which, as far as I'm concerned, are just in there to fill out the the nominations. Because then they've also got Call of Duty Mobile, Genshin Impact, and Among Us. That isn't to put down Legends of Runeterra and Pokemon Cafe Mix. Legends of Runeterra is a fantastic game. Pokemon, I'm sure, is great. Um, but not. again, uh, <laughs> Genshin. <laughs> Call of Duty Mobile Among Us. That is a that is a hydra of of games, and um, I don't know. I think I think again. You look at cultural impact. We, we're talking about this a lot. Among Us has hit the mainstream. It very yeah. much has. You know, um, Genshin Impact in its own right, it, it, a different market. Maybe not the as much on the on the Western market, but um, certainly it's 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 done well. You know. So I don't know. I, what do you think? If we're talking strictly about um, you know with mobile in particular how impressive the game is on mobile Genshin Impact should win 100%. Agreed. Like it is one of the most impressive mobile games I've ever played in my life. Like it's shocking that you can play a game like that on your phone. Uh it feels like you're playing something on a, on a Switch or whatever. It's very yeah. impressive. But you're right. As far as cultural impact, I can't see anything beating Among Us. <laughs> like it's it's really impressive. I didn't realize that the mobile version did come out this year. I was kind of thinking about it with indie game, like, oh, Among Us should have been nominated, but but it didn't come out this year. Um, um, actually, I think Among Us has been around for a couple of years. It's just that um, the the Game Awards doesn't strictly stick to December 2019 to December 2020. Uh, it just uh, it, it's basically games can reappear even if it came out like 10 years ago. Oh, I OK. Well, then I am surprised that it 
that it didn't get in indie games. <laughs> like, I guess I am surprised by that. I was figuring that, yeah, you're right, because the Android and iOS version came out in 2018 also. It actually came out before the Windows version. Um, yeah, then I have I have no explanation there. <laughs> uh, okay, um, cool. Is there any other categories that you wanted to look at? I, you know, I always love, uh, I always love seeing the best ongoing, um, mm. just because I think it's really impressive to see games from several years ago that are growing and evolving. And I don't think there's anything in these nominations that are all that surprising. We're seeing like Fortnite and Destiny 2, Apex Legends, uh, Call of Duty Warzone and No Man's Sky. Um, so I don't, I don't think there's anything that wasn't there last year. Um, but you know, I just, I like this trend that the gaming industry has gone through where a game can come out and still receive significant updates throughout its lifespan. And uh, like many times become better than it was at launch, like become more impressive, have more of an impact, more of a, a sales tale. Um, I just, I think that's all great. Um, so I just always like looking at those. Yeah, of course. And it makes sense, right? Like gamers before this games as a service thing was, a, was really popular. Uh, were playing the same game over and over again, right? Like there were some gamers that didn't do that, but and many gamers that don't, but there are a lot of people that just played their sports game or just played whatever it was. And so the fact that companies can now come in and actually embrace this and, and improve it over time is great. Um, you know, seeing something like Fortnite, which has been out for a long time, No Man's Sky, which has really turned itself around, um, to be able to come in here and say, hey, we're still doing a good job. Let's get an award for it. I think, of course, that's a, it's a wonderful thing. Uh, what do you think should win this in terms of what they've oh, done man. in the last year? Best ongoing? Oh, man, as far as the last year, I'm pretty sure it won't. But honestly, I really think No Man's Sky should. They have yeah. come out with so many massive updates over the last year. Um, it's it's incredible. Every single year, that game becomes just completely different than it than it was the year before. Um, so, I mean, Fortnite and Apex Legends will probably uh, probably have a lot of attention in this just because of the way they do seasons. But I think as far as unexpected goes, like, and that means something to me. Uh, no Man's Sky just continues to impress. That's fair. Yeah, for sure. I think de there's something to say for Destiny 2. I don't know about the last mm -hmm. year. I don't know what they've been doing, but obviously, like, I think Destiny 2 has one of the strongest um, fan bases, right? Like, obviously, Fortnite and Call of Duty and everything, there's a lot of players, but when you talk to a Destiny player, they're, like, in with the lore, and they've put in, like, thousands of hours, and they're, like, you, like I think the in terms of the veracity of players with, with Destiny is, is a big thing. Um, and then Call of Duty Warzone, I mean that was just a brilliant move on the side of Activision Blizzard. Like they, they release a call of duty every single year. And then they said, Hey, let, let's just give you one that you can play all the time for free. And then they've made bucket loads of money off of that as well. So yeah, anyway, that's, you can see the different monetization models there, even though it's all yeah. games as a service. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's good. I'm glad those games are out there. Yeah. And it's good that Warzone is being kind of spun off into its own separate thing. That's, that's fantastic. Um, Otherwise, not not a category, but I'm happy to see that Ori and the Will of the Wisps got nominated twice for best score in music and best uh, art direction, and and highly deserved on both of those. I wish I saw more Ori uh, in this in these nominations for sure, um, mm -hmm. but I'm I'm really happy that it's at least there. I was also happy to see uh, Crusader Kings three in in the. I mean, you kind of have to expect it in the in the strategy nominations, but um, certainly it's uh, well deserved in there. I think. 
Yeah, and Thirteen Sentinels got a got a nod in Best Narrative. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, I don't even know what it is. No, it's just just really obscure. At least maybe I maybe I just think of it as really obscure, but uh, uh, you know, it's one of those anime games that I feel like usually just never gets any attention. Uh, I kind of see it in the same light that I saw like Nine 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 come out several years ago. Um, it's just I don't know. It was like this PS3 or PS4 game that I didn't think was gonna get any attention and. Uh, it's been critically well received. I think it's all like nines and tens across the board, but um, I don't know. Awesome. I'm just glad to see that it came out and actually gets a nod. So let me uh, let me get your impressions on this as well. Uh, in terms of the amount of nominations, right? So we just talked about some games that have gotten a few nominations across you know multiple categories. Um, in terms of who has gotten the most nominations in the various categories, there's The Last of Us Part Two, which has been nominated for ten different categories, uh, <laughs> Hades for eight different ones, and then Ghost of Tsushima for seven. Um, that is a, it's like, again, this is what I was saying about the last of us part two. Like they put so much of a budget into basically every aspect of that game that now you're seeing it pop up, right? Best sound, best art to write, whatever, best director, like the, the the best performance as well. The ghost of Tsushima is in there as well. Uh, and Hades is in there as well. Like it's a, it's interesting that these games can do so well that they're just performing, not just super well in one category, but so many different, uh, aspects. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, uh, I just noticed that Persona 5 Royal didn't get nominated in Best Art Direction, and now I'm really bummed. Oh, there you go. Yeah, is there any games that you felt like were missing? There's one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's... Uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. When The Last of Us Part 2, Ghost of Tsushima, and Final Fantasy VII Remake all got Best Art Direction, I feel like Persona 5 Royal was more impressive than all of them, but maybe that's just because it's the same as Persona 5 Original. Uh, which I know was nominated in that category. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, a lot of these games deserve the the multiple nods, you know? Like, Ori absolutely deserve. Well, Ori and Hades both deserve the art direction and sound and music. Like, both of those, I don't know. I Like, I almost wish that they had come out separate years strictly because <laughs> I want both of them to win in both categories because <laughs> they're both so incredible. Uh, I don't know. Art direction is one I always feel like should go to an indie game. I feel like the AAA is just too. It's not that it's it's not that it's unimpressive. Like you know, you well, look at games like Red Dead Redemption Two and Last of Us that are just gorgeous. But seeing that artistic, that avant garde style is. I think well, I think that's what art direction should be, right? Like it's it's yeah. taking it's taking uh, that's what I mean. Okay, this is what art is, right? It's it's uh, your interpretation of of a specific medium. We see it in. The, I come from a background of theater, and it's like yes, you could just do yeah. Shakespeare again, or you could do Shakespeare and it's theater of the absurd where everybody's talking gibberish and they're playing instruments. You know that to me is way more interesting. And so you, you know it, that could be that could come from a AAA studio or an indie. It's, I think it's just more likely that an indie does something like that if you're looking at best art direction you've got final fantasy 7 remake ghost of tsushima hades or in the will of the wisps and then the last of us and yeah i look at that list and i'm like ori has to get it like that game is just so extraordinarily beautiful um it's got this very painting like-esque uh visuals um compared to uh, another hyper realistic game i mean we've seen it a hundred times yeah uh okay yes. so that's uh that's the game awards uh, folks, if you're listening, feel free to write in with your own opinions. I, we would love to hear what you have to say. Uh, and then, yeah. of course, uh, the show's happening on December 10th, so we might do another... We're probably going to do a show rundown of that, actually, and uh, and let you know how things go. Um, 
next thing I want to talk about here is something, and then we're going to talk about the games that we've been playing. Uh, we'll, we'll address this really quickly. But IO Interactive, who are the developers of Hitman, the, the, the old games and the new ones, but especially the new ones after they've split off and become their own company, no longer owned by Square Enix. Um, Hitman 2 and 3. So Hitman 3 is coming out in February. And then their next project, which is, you know, that's going to be the end of the rebooted Hitmans for now. Their next project after that is going to be James Bond. So James Bond is returning to video games. And, uh, you know, we talked a while ago about how perfect Larian Studios is for Baldur's Gate 3. Right, Baldur's Gate 3 has been gone forever. People want it to come back. Who is going to handle that that monumentous task of living up to the community expectations? Um, it's a little bit different with James Bond. I don't think... I mean, there are people clamoring for it, but it's not the same as Baldur's Gate, I would say. But uh, if James Bond is coming back, who do you want to handle it? The people who have been play making Assassin's Games or Assassin Games for the last... F forever. Uh, the people who yeah. have been perfecting the, exactly the type of game that you're looking to make. Um, so I am, I'm extremely happy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is, uh, this is, go it, there, it's just a teaser so far. We don't know what it is, but it's a uh, code names project 007 and IO interactive is making it. I'm so I'm, I'm super excited to see it. Yeah. Do you think it's going to be like a Hitman thing? Do we think, think it's going to be like massive replayability, go through the levels different ways and I don't know like I don't have a deep history with the 007 games I know that like you know GoldenEye was a multiplayer first person shooter right so it's it depends on what they want to do uh with these games but um I don't know it, it I think it would be cool but also I I do want them to step away from Hitman I think and and if they can put a another spin on it that may you know gives it a little bit different uh uh core gameplay loop that'd be cool You know though I feel like it would be different enough where they take some of the same uh, architecture, I guess, the the foundation for Hitman, but more focused on Bond's ability to use gadgets to get yeah. in different ways. And, um, you know, it's more about uh, stealing something or, like, getting information. Just, just making it more of a Bond game rather than Hitman, I feel like is enough there that it would be different enough to have its own identity. And, you know, maybe that's wrong, and I'm sure they're going to look at it, but um, I'm just thinking of the same thing, Larian with Baldur's Gate 3. Like, it, it does have the foundation of Divinity Original Sin very, very much. Um, but if you actually go in and, you know, don't just look at the screenshots, but you go in and actually play Baldur's Gate 3, it is absolutely its own thing. It does not feel like just a copy of, right. of Divinity Original Sin 2. Um so I don't know. I'm kind of thinking if, if IO will do the same thing or if they'll do something completely different. I don't know. I, I think there's something to be said about the narrative as well. Like, I think most people yeah. like Hitman is very much like build the level first and then build the story around it. Right. And mm -hmm. I think what they could like what I could definitely see most people who play Hitman aren't necessarily really paying that close attention to the story. Right. You're sure. you're you're there to kills people by dropping a toilet on them um <laughs> james bond on the other hand i think it has a much stronger uh, narrative presence right especially because there's this whole movie uh aspect to it and so if they can turn it into a hey we're gonna make a really strong campaign narratively and then you can replay it if you want to i think that would be a good way to kind of spin it you know, the goldeneye in particular was known for the way they made levels which was like hitman they oh, okay. they made their levels first and wanted to make these realistic environments and then put the objectives in after the fact uh and it gave it this very um 
realistic sense where you could walk into rooms in Goldeneye that have absolutely no gameplay purpose, but they're there because, you know, it would make sense for that weird, you know, evil base to have a bathroom in, um, things like that. And, and there were games that emulated that. I don't know if you ever played like the time splitters games, um, but they definitely emulated that level style, um, I don't know. So I, I feel like it would fit really well oh, with there you go. at least the James Bond uh, kind of legacy. Um, but then again, yeah, do they need to stick to the legacy? I mean, there I, I don't think there have really been any James Bond games since Goldeneye that have at, at least had that level of success. So sticking to that is probably not the best way to go. Yeah, I don't we'll know. See what they do. I, I trust Ooh, them yeah. to at least experiment, right? Because we've seen so much Hitman from them in the last little while. This is going to be their first non-Hitman game since breaking out from Square Enix. I'm I'm excited yeah. to see what they do with it for sure. Absolutely, and it's great that it is not specifically tied to a movie. Yes, uh, I feel like that usually winds up hampering games more yep. than it helps. Uh, they have such a legacy to pull from. They have all these different bonds, all these different movies that they can take inspiration from, but they're not tied to anything in particular. I think that's going to help them significantly. I, I will also say they have said that this is going to be an original story. So, um, you know, that's Good. probably what they're going to do. They're going to have their own bond. But I did see this one suggestion. Uh, I forget where, but it, I thought it was brilliant where they could make like their own missions based on the movies, different mm -hmm. bonds, uh, the different eras. And, and you know, because they have such a huge history, these films with all these different actors that have played such this iconic role. If they had made yeah. like a few levels for each of those eras, I think that would be so cool in, in like a Hitman style. They did have a game that came out, uh, 007 Legends. I think it was for the Wii um, that did a similar kind of thing. So they, I would want them to have their own identity from that. But I do agree. There's so much that can be done there. You know, it was way more than 007 Legends just did by itself. So, yeah, um, yeah I would not be opposed at all to like levels based on different eras of Bond. That would be fantastic. Okay, with uh, with seven minutes to go, why don't we talk about the the video games that we've been playing? Uh, it's been a month, so what's the what's the most exciting thing that you've played in the last month? Yeah, so actually, I haven't been playing a whole ton just because of how busy it's been. Uh, but I did start playing Wander Song, uh, which is this indie game from a few years ago. It's you, it's a side scroller, and you play as a bard who decides he's going to save the world because the world's going to end. And it is this bright, cheerful game. It is Very just colorful. absolutely, yes, it is so colorful. Uh, you do not fight anything. Uh, the entire game is based around musical notes and singing and dancing. <laughs> and it sounds really dumb, but it kind of has a, a tone almost like the cartoon Adventure Time is yeah. kind of what it feels like. Yeah, it's to very me. cartoony, yeah. Yeah, um, and the the writing is just wonderful. It is hilarious. I have been laughing out loud numerous times throughout that game. Um, and yeah, the whole the whole crux of the game is when you move like your right joystick in different directions, uh, you can sing different music notes, eight different music notes. And each chapter of the game uses this in wildly different ways. So, you know, if you go... Uh, certain places in the first area you can you can sing and the notes will have colors associated with them so it will change the colors of things around you and you can do that to solve puzzles there's another section where you're steering a boat and you sing in the different directions in order to steer the boat while the these pirates sing like sea shanties that's cool it's 
it is so so good it is so beautiful um and it's just it, with with how crazy this month has been i think worldwide uh i absolutely needed something that was just this hilarious level of happy and yeah. dumb uh, I would. I don't want to say dumb. It's not dumb. It's actually. It's very well written. Um, the story is maybe a little bit deeper than you'd expect just looking on on the surface. Uh, I highly recommend it to anybody. Uh, it's out on everything, so I highly recommend it to pretty much everybody. <laughs> awesome. Well, there you go. I'm happy to hear about that. Yeah. If you look at the if you look at the images, it's very striking. Lots of lots of mm -hmm. colors there, and definitely the description that you've just provided seems to match up with what I saw. So that's cool. Um, okay, How about yeah. you? It's been, for me, it has been largely uneventful because of this essay that takes all of my time. Um, I talked about it on the show today, but uh, mostly it's been like these games where I can just turn my brain off and not think for a little bit. Um, so uh, I've been playing a lot of Skate 3 because EA Play is now available on the Xbox Game Pass. That's the EA subscription service. All of the back catalog for EA is now on the Xbox Game Pass. Ridiculous value. Um, that means I now have access to Skate 3 once again, which I played a whole bunch as a teenager. Um, and so that's a game that I've just been, like, when I've been writing an essay for four hours and I'm like, oh my god, I need to do something else, I, I would just go play Skate 3 because then I didn't have to think about anything. You just skate around the world and do nothing. Um, so that's, that's been w what a lot of my life has been. I've also been playing Zuma similarly, cause you just put the colors together, uh, and that's all you have to worry about, you know, match red with red. I can do that. No problem. Uh, so yeah, it's been a lot of that. Um, however, every Tuesday now, my best friend, I was mentioning before my best friend, uh, has re-entered the gaming world for, you know, he, he's, he's realizing that he's been not talking to a lot of people because of this social isolation stuff. And he's like, I'm in a funk, so we need to play some games every week. And I said, you know what, my best friend, this is the first time in my life that he has taken the initiative to say, let's play some video games. It's always been me chasing him because I'm the gamer, right? Like that I'm always wanting to, hey, let's play some games. And then they go, eh, uh, this is the first time he's come to me. So let's play games every week. I was like, heck yeah. So even through all the nonsense of my essay, I, I took, I carved the selfishly carved some time away to play games with him. And we, okay, I, I want to tell this to you because I don't know if you've played Halo recently. We've been playing Halo Combat Evolved. Nice. Uh, anniversary right through the through the master chief collection oh my god that game is repetitive oh you don't like it anymore we uh, so we loved it as kids uh, and i don't remember it as a child but i just know that i played it when i was a child <laughs> we were playing through these levels and the i don't know like everything was so repetitive it was like cookie cutter that at least the one level that we played um that i i got to a point that i thought the game was glitched i thought that we were like <laughs> like on an endless loop there there was there was literally like outside sequence inside sequence outside sequence inside sequence like five times and we we're like did are we missing something here like what's going on and then eventually we got to the end and we we're like i can't do that again so we just moved to halo 2 and everything was better but um yeah that that halo ce <laughs> was hard to get through i don't think there has been a game i have played through the campaign as many times as halo combat evolved really I, I have played like I had an Xbox when I was a kid and uh, Halo was the first M game my parents let me get. <laughs> I was so excited. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'd bring I'd bring people over and I would had to play through it with every person. And I played through it myself uh, solo a few times. Um, I absolutely love that campaign. Oh, um, oh there you go. Yeah, just, I know just the sniper sequence and level three. I just 
love that bit and uh, driving around. I really love driving in those games, so I'd always I always drive that. Uh, my buddy, I know you've seen uh, TB on Twitter, uh, but my buddy TB and I played it recently for an extra life uh, a couple years ago. Um, and I got to say, playing it straight through after a 24-hour marathon was maybe not the best way to experience that game. <laughs> uh, but it still wasn't until, like, the, I think, second-to-last level that I started losing it a little bit. <laughs> but, okay, folks. Bummer. There you go. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for joining us here on TGO Radio. Cato, <laughs> uh, if people would like to find more from you, where should they go? Uh, best place right now to go is on Twitter or Instagram at VG underscore of the day. I am trying to get back to video game of the day. I know several people have been asking me about that recently, and uh, I do really want to get back to it. I'm taking it week by week. I just haven't had the time to devote to it. Um, so I'd be missing like, you know, I'd do it one day and then miss like four. So I just haven't wanted to do that. Um, but I am hoping, you know, hoping to get back to it really soon. But for right now, Twitter, Instagram at VG underscore of the day. All right, folks, there you go. Uh, TheGamingObserver.com for all the links that you need. Otherwise, that's going to do it. Thanks so much for joining us. And until next time, happy gaming, everyone. Happy gaming, everyone.